Hi, this is Nathan. Before we get to the episode, I want to invite you to join me on an incredible adventure this November of 2024. I am taking a small group of believers to Turkey, what the New Testament called Asia Minor, for a 12-day Bible study tour of the early church. We'll be studying the book of Acts and many of the epistles on location as we visit ancient cities like Ephesus, Laodicea, Heropolis, Antioch, Pergamum, and many more. If you are interested in joining me this November for a once-in-a-lifetime adventure as we study where much of the New Testament and early church took place, you can learn more by going to deeperchristian.com forward slash turkey. And if you're interested, don't delay. Spots are limited and on a first-come, first-served basis, and a $100 discount is available if you register before May 27th. I do hope you can join me. And again, more information is available at deeperchristian.com forward slash turkey. Now, here's the episode. Welcome to episode 32 of the Deeper Christian Podcast. This is the podcast to help you study God's word, know Jesus intimately, and discover how you can build your life around Jesus Christ. I'm Nathan Johnson, and today I want to talk about truth. Let's dive in. Last week, we talked about the fact that we are in a spiritual battle. And I was walking through really quickly this idea in Ephesians chapter 6, where Paul is walking through the armor of God. I just want to give you one more piece of this idea of the spiritual warfare that we are in. So kind of, again, to lay the groundwork, let me reread Ephesians chapter 6 as Paul talks about the armor of God. This is what he says. Finally, my brethren, be strong in the Lord and in the power of his might. Put on the whole armor of God that you may be able to stand against the wiles of the devil. For we do not wrestle against flesh and blood, but against the principalities, against the powers, against the rulers of the darkness of this age, against the spiritual hosts of wickedness in the heavenly places. Therefore, take up the whole armor of God that you may be able to withstand in the evil day and having done all to stand. Stand, therefore, having girded your waist with truth, having put on the breastplate of righteousness, and having shod your feet with the preparation of the gospel of peace. And above all, take the shield of faith with which you will be able to quench all the fiery darts of the wicked one, and take the helmet of salvation and the sword of the Spirit, which is the word of God, praying always with all prayer and supplication in the Spirit, being watchful to the sin with all perseverance and supplication for all the saints. You realize that Paul exhorts us that we are to gird our waist with truth. Now, I'm the first to admit that the phrase gird your waist is a little awkward. But here's the picture. Back in the time when Paul is writing, everyone wore the like the long, you know, the skirt dress kind of things. You know, it's the the robe idea. And as a man, if you were going to fight in a battle, it's really hard to be wearing a robe. And so what they would do is as they were preparing to go into battle is they would take and kind of pull up the robe to their thighs and kind of cinch it and tie it up around their waist. And that way their legs would be free to run. Now, Paul says that that belt, that the thing that we kind of hold ourselves all together is truth. That we're to take truth and wrap it around ourselves and that 
the very thing that kind of keeps us in balance, the very thing that allows us to run with perseverance and endurance, the very thing that kind of ties our whole life together is this thing called truth. Now, get this idea. Truth here, we're not just talking about facts and information like, oh yeah, two plus two equals four. That's true. See, we're not just talking about facts. This idea of truth is not information. It's a person whose name is Jesus. Now, you've heard these over and over and over again, but just listen to some of these passages talking about this fact that Jesus himself is truth. John chapter 1, verse 14, John writes, And the word became flesh and dwelt among us, and we beheld his glory, the glory as of the only begotten of the Father, full of grace and truth. John 1, 17, For the law was given through Moses, but grace and truth came through Jesus Christ. In John 14, 6, this great declarative statement that Jesus makes, he says, I am the way, I am the truth, and I am the life, and no one comes to the Father except through me. Do you get this idea that Jesus himself is, is the way, he is the truth, he is the life, which means anything outside of Jesus is death, it's a lie, and it only leads to destruction. Jesus says that he doesn't just have facts and information. He doesn't have truths. He is truth itself. I love what Jesus says in John 8, 32. He says, you shall know the truth and the truth shall make you free. Isn't it a beautiful idea that the very one that makes us free, the very thing that we're to wrap around ourselves, according to Ephesians 6, is not just facts and information. It's a person named Jesus. What if you took your life and allowed the very centerpiece of your life to be truth? See, what if you would take truth and wrap it around yourself and it's the very thing that held you together? What if truth became like the belt of your life? Now, I've been told that if you go to a bank and you, you, you hand the bank teller a $100 bill, that immediately they will know whether or not it's a counterfeit. And you could say, well, well how do they know if it's a counterfeit or not? See, a bank teller become so acquainted with the real $100 bill that the moment they touch something that's not the real one, they immediately know it's a counterfeit. What would it look like in your life if you could become so acquainted with Jesus, the truth, that anytime something was presented or temptations come in front of you or something is really saying, hey, would you believe this? You would really recognize it for what it is. If it's not Jesus, well, it's a lie. I'm not going to allow that to really dwell in my mind. I'm not going to allow that to sit and soak in my mind. That I'm going to do a Philippians 4, 8 and, and really think on the things that are true and noble and praiseworthy and virtuous. Why? Because those all lead me to Jesus Christ. See, what if I could get so wrapped up in the person of Jesus that anytime anything confronts my life, any anytime anything presents itself in my life that's not him, I would see it for what it is and say, nope, not going to believe that. Nope, not going to let that enter my mind. Nope, not going to entertain that in my thoughts. Why? Because it's not truth. I love Psalm 119. The whole Psalm 119 is all about the word of God. And verse 160 says this, the entirety of your word is truth. John 17, 17, Jesus even says, sanctify them by your truth. Your word is truth. Do you recognize that 
As we get into the word of God, we are standing upon a foundation that is to really hold our entire life together. We are standing upon a rock that does not move. Why? It's truth. And it leads us to the person of truth named Jesus Christ. In John chapter 16, Jesus is talking to his disciples in the upper room, and he makes this statement in verse 13. He says that when the spirit of truth has come, talking about the Holy Spirit, that when the spirit of truth, and of course, in John 14, 6, he says, I am the truth. So he says, hey, when the spirit of truth, hey, this is the spirit of Jesus, the Holy Spirit. When the spirit of truth has come, he will guide you into all truth. Speaking about Jesus. And what's neat is that word there for guide has the idea of to literally grab you by the hand and literally walk you or direct you. See, this isn't me telling you directions how to get somewhere and say, yeah, go down and turn left here and then go go turn right here at the barn. And yep, it's the third house on the left. It's not that kind of direction. See, this kind of guiding is, hey, let me grab you by the hand. Let me walk with you down the road and say, whoa, 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 watch for that pothole. Oh, come over here. Oh, go right. See, it's that kind of guiding. Do you know what the Holy Spirit's going to do in your life? The spirit of truth is going to grab you by the hand and literally march you into all truth, which is Jesus Christ himself. Have you allowed the truth of God's word? Have you allowed truth, which is a person named Jesus, to literally wrap itself around you and literally cinch you tight? Have you allowed yourself to run with endurance and and freedom? Why? Because you've wrapped truth around you. You recognize that one of the pieces of the armor of God that you are to wear, you are commanded to wear, is this belt of truth that allows you to function as you ought in truth. Are you standing on truth today? Have you just embraced truth afresh today? Have you looked at Jesus and said, oh, Jesus, the man of truth, would you come and invade my life with truth and any area of my life that's full of lies or doubt or or concern, will you literally remove that because I'm not interested in living in lies, I'm interested in living in you, which is truth. Can I encourage you to freshly go after Jesus? He is the truth. And would you get into his word because the truth of God's word, hey, his word is truth. Sanctify them by your truth. Your word is truth. Hey, the word of God is going to reveal the person of truth. If you want to know how to live, if you want to know how to think, if you want to know what it means to love God more passionately and more intimately, you must be in this book of truth. See, it's not just a collection of truths. It is truth itself because it reveals a person who is truth. That's my encouragement for you. Hey, would you run after Jesus? Would you embrace him afresh? Will you just fall all all the more in love with him? And would you build your life upon truth, which is not facts, it's a person. In the Bravehearted Voices segment, we're going to listen to a clip by my good friend, Eric Ludi. Now, last week on the Bravehearted Voices podcast, we released the sermon, Majesty Lost, which is this epic call and vision for what true Christianity is supposed to look like. And so I want to play you a quick clip from Eric Ludi's sermon called Majesty Lost. Here it is. Majesty. What in the world is majesty? It's greatness. It's grandeur. It's strength, it's ability, it is a clear, 
concrete understanding of how strong and immovable something is. For instance, one of the things that we oftentimes refer to as majestic are the mountains because they have presence and they have strength and you can shove all you want against a mountain and it's not going anywhere. Our God is who our God is. Whether or not the nations of this earth conspire together to try and change God or to alter God or to push God out of this world, you might as well attempt to push the Rocky Mountains into the Pacific Ocean. It's not going anywhere. And through all the generations that have worked together to try and get God out of the picture, to remove God out of the center, he hasn't moved an inch. So when will the next generation actually recognize that our God is victorious? Our God is majestic. Our generation is not beholding this. Our generation does not know this. We have Christians all throughout our generation, but they don't understand the majesty of our God. We sing songs about the majesty, but we don't oftentimes behold the majesty of God. Well, I hope you enjoyed that short clip. For a link to the full sermon, please check out the show notes for this episode. Well, thanks for listening to this short episode of the Deeper Christian Podcast. For show notes of this episode, please visit deeperchristian.com forward slash 32 for episode number 32. And until next time, know I am cheering you on as you build your life around Jesus Christ.